Hello, and welcome to People of the Pod, brought to you by American Jewish Committee. Each week, we take you beyond the headlines to help you understand what they all mean for America, Israel, and the Jewish people. I'm your host, Manya Brashear-Pashman. Last fall, my colleague Maggie Wishagrod-Fredman led a conversation about what challenges Jewish college students could expect to face when they return to campuses for the new school year. But the challenges don't start in college. Teenagers in middle schools and high schools across the country are confronting anti-Semitic comments in the halls and locker rooms, on social media, and in some classrooms. With us now to share her experience as a Jewish high school student is Abby Strieger, a sophomore at Campbell High School in Smyrna, a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia and Aaron Bregman, Director of High School Affairs for AJC's Alexander Young Leadership Department. Aaron, Abby, welcome to People of the Pod. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Abby, if you could start us off, for those of us far, far away from our adolescent years, what does the Jewish life of a 15-year-old look like these days? I would say largely within the teen community, at least, there is a large emphasis on relationship building. Primarily within the youth group events um, and opportunities for volunteering at my synagogue is where we're able to make these connections and relationships with one another. I belong to a reform synagogue, and so there's more of an emphasis on community than the spiritual or religious aspects, which is really awesome because it allows for us to foster these relationships. In fact, I just got back from New York with my 10th grade confirmation class, where I was able to create a lot of new relationships with people that I've known for a while So I grew up in the South as well, and my family took a slightly different approach to Jewish life, which I have occasionally mentioned on this podcast. In other words, I didn't advertise I was Jewish. I'm curious if other students know that you're Jewish, or is that not really something you advertise among your peers as well? Yeah, so I go to a school with about 3,000 students. Um, We're one of the largest high schools in Cobb County, perhaps even the largest. Out of those 3,000, we've approximated about 30 Jews, like max. So there are not many of us. We are a minority. I pride myself on my Judar. I'm, I'm pretty good, I would like to say. However, you know, clearly if you're not Jewish, your Judar isn't fully developed yet. So most of the time, people just from looking at me do not know that I'm Jewish. I know some other kids have like Camp Coleman masks or Jewish star necklace. I don't do that. However, I'm definitely not ashamed or try to hide the fact that I am Jewish. If it comes up in conversation, like I'm proud of it. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up. It's certainly a really interesting perspective during classroom conversation, casual conversation, etc. And I really think that it's cool because you are able to bring that different perspective to the table within these situations. And I would say within my school, the Jewish population that I'm aware of, we have some clubs that we're into. So religious minority club as an example. And we've use that club to advocate for ourselves and to sort of like, hey, here's Judaism, don't be anti-Semitic. And so it has given us a platform to be prouder of our Judaism. That's really cool. Um, I'm curious, do you ever have to explain to your peers like what being Jewish means? Or I'm thinking of my own experience, why you don't go to church on Sundays? Yeah, I definitely got these questions, honestly, mostly in elementary and middle school. The genuine questions like, how do you repent for your sins was a very common one. I was just like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm in third grade. I don't know. Um, But since I've gone to high school, um, a bit less on those questions. I thought it was really interesting, though. A couple of weeks ago, 
I had three separate kids, high school students, ask me if all Jews were related. Three separate high school students. And I was just like, no, no, we're not related because like science and because like statistics and like also like are all the other minorities related? Just no, no, dude. Three separate people. So that was like a bit of a wake up call. I was like, oh, wow. Public education system. Yeah. So not so much of the at this point, people know what Judaism is. They're just a little bit confused on the on the numbers part. (laughs) So have you encountered any anti-Semitism? At my school, which I said was one of the large, it's huge. It's it's very big. Before Kanye's statements, there was absolutely none. It was actually sort of a personal point of pride because there was so much diversity on our school campus and everybody was so welcoming and accepting. Since Kanye's statement, the majority of that is still true. However, I would say for a solid month after his initial remarks on social media and other interviews, I started hearing things in the hallway, sort of like what you mentioned earlier, a lot of back and forth, like, so do you really hate the Jews? Yeah, I hate the Jews because of Kanye's statement, isn't it? So clearly, clearly it's because of this celebrity dude, which is awesome. And we love that. But yeah, so there was a lot of that. I heard the word Jews a couple of times. And when I heard these, of course, I wanted to address them. However, we have 3000 students in our building. And so if you turn around to the hallway to try to find someone, it's very hard to identify. Another anti-Semitic incident that comes to mind, um, I would say about two or three months ago, I think it was sometime in November. So a bit after Kanye's statements, but still in the peak of a lot of the anti-Semitism that resulted from that. My synagogue launched an anti-Semitism initiative specifically for teens, and they had Atlanta News First come to record and film it so that they could be like, hey, Atlanta, look, we're doing something. This is super cool. And it is super cool. They want to spread the word to do a small part towards raising awareness about anti-Semitism. And so when Atlanta News First came, they asked if I would do a quick interview. So me and then another rabbi did it. And so they just asked me, have you very similar questions. Have you experienced anti-Semitism? What's it like being Jewish at your high school? And I told them about the hearing in the hallways. And they put this on YouTube, the clip. It was cringy. Oh, gosh, if I could redo it, I totally would. It was so bad. It was so bad. But anyway, anyway. So it was on YouTube. Three days later, my synagogue, who actually runs my confirmation class, pulled me aside and showed me the YouTube video. And there was 50 anti-Semitic comments on there. And that, you know, of course, it's it's inevitable that there's going to be a negative response to anything. But the fact that there was 50 anti-Semitic comments, a, I would say a decent amount attacking me, the minor in the situation, which is always a great idea. We love that. But like personally attacking me due to the fact that I'm Jewish or just, you know, spewing anti-Semitic tropes, a lot of questionable Bible verses, etc. So that was great. Anyway, so I reached out to actually AJC at one of my LFT meetings, told them about the incident, and Dobe was immediately able to resolve it. He contacted Atlanta News First, and they had them take the video down and then had a conversation with them afterwards about how we can not have this happen in the future. So it was a really, again, these are very negative incidences. However, there's a very positive and hopeful response. So, of course, you're, you're talking about Dove Wilker, who is our Atlanta director. And Aaron, I want to bring you in to talk a little bit more about Leaders for Tomorrow, Lyft. I mean, have you heard other stories like Abby's? 
Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, these are stories that we have heard a lot of. I can certainly come up with a lot of examples. I want to keep these sort of schools or students anonymous just because some are public, but some are also private. You know, we have every sort of situation. I, I began this role in July of 2022, so just about nine months ago. And since then, I've heard stories, unfortunately, of, you know, the, the typical swath stickers found in the bathrooms. There's been incidences uh, where I live in an area called Montgomery County where a school was spray painted saying Jews are not welcome on their school sign. We've had issues related to teaching in the DEI space, trying to ensure that Jewish peoplehood is actually part of that curriculum. I mean, actually, just recently this morning, a mom of a 14-year-old boy called one of our regional offices about a bully telling her kid that he should, quote, really go back to the oven. That was, that was a quote the bully said to this 14-year-old student. And the mom is unsure whether to make this a thing with the administration because wanting to, you know, just for a number of reasons, which unfortunately is a common trait that I'm actually hearing more and more these days from parents on whether or not to approach school administrators when things arise with their kids in the, in the hallways. So yes, unfortunately, uh, to Abby's point, these are situations that do occur with our students. But fortunately, uh, as Abby pointed out, our, our LIFT program, Leaders for Tomorrow program, is an area where we will work with students to advocate on their behalf and work with them to find the right pathway that will suit their needs on how to approach the situation. That is horrifying. I cannot even imagine my children coming home and telling me that story. I think it would be lightning speed is, is how fast I would dial the principal's number. But I understand the ambivalence. I, I, I get that parents are probably caught off guard and, and don't know what to do. Does it remind you of your teen years, Erin? I mean, tell us a little bit about your own high school experience. Can you relate to some of this? I can and I can't tell you the truth. So I grew up, just, just for context, I grew up in Danvers, Mass., about 20 minutes north of Boston. I went to public school, so I was, I'm a part of the Danvers public school system, where I was probably one of a handful of, of Jewish students through in my K-12 through experience. And going back to the parents, you know, I really do believe sometimes it's, it's a private school issue. Sometimes it's just school issue in general, but I am a product of the public school system. And I really had two worlds. I had my school world where I was involved with a lot of extracurriculars, but I, again, was like the sort of token Jew, if you will, where I had my sort of the other side of the coin was my Jewish side, where I was intimately involved with my synagogue, youth group, uh, camp, et cetera. But specifically in, in high school, fortunately to, to your question, I have very few memories of any anti-Semitic events happening around me. But what I do recall very distinctly are issues with Israel that was becoming very apparent when I was specifically, you know, starting with freshman year. I graduated in high school in 2003. And if some of those listeners remember, that was really during the height of the Second Intifada. And I remember there were times in classes, specifically my history class, I'd have to defend Israel routinely. Two of my best friends who I grew up with and are still my best friends today were at the Hebrew University bombing in the summer of 2002. So fortunately, they were unharmed, but it's certainly a memory that I'll never forget where I was and how I heard about it. So while issues, you know, in, in say the Middle East have certainly changed fundamentally, unfortunately, when it comes to say the Arab-Israeli conflict, students today have just as much, if not more of a difficult time dealing with it. So whether it's anti-Semitism or issues in the Middle East, I don't think, unfortunately, a lot has changed in the, the big picture of dealing with these terrible events. Abby, I'm curious, does Israel ever come up in conversations with your peers? And do you ever feel kind of the need to be a spokesman for either Israel or the Jewish people? I find that really interesting, actually. I don't think this answers the question. You know, in current day, it's a lot of anti-Semitism is the issue and attacking on Jews as a whole. Whereas in the past, it's been primarily the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. To be honest, there is not much 
Israel doesn't come up that much at school. Perhaps it is the curriculum. Um, maybe it's the teachers. But it hasn't come up. And when it has, it's, it's friendlier conversation. To be honest, no one at school really knows enough about the conflict just because it's not part of the curriculum. We talk about the founding of Israel, but not so much the current day conflict. So because of that, I'm like, oh, I have LFT knowledge about this. I can share with you guys now. So yay, LFT. <laughs> um, so yes, thank you, LFT. But that is very helpful because I'm able to sort of help educate as best as I can. I know my friends at least are much more well-educated on the topic now because I've been able to bring back that information. But yes, yeah, school-wise, it does not really come up. It's not a part of the curriculum or a part of the conversation. Going back to you, Erin, you have taught in schools where it was part of the curriculum because you taught <laughs> Jewish Middle Eastern history at a Jewish day school. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on whether it should be part of the curriculum in a public school system, or should it be left to Jewish day schools or Jewish extracurricular programs? Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. And just again, context, I was chair of the Jewish history department at the Charles E. Smith Day School in Rockville, Maryland, right outside DC. And to answer your question, I'm nervous to bring it to even sometimes day schools, to be quite honest, because there really is, just like any history, you want to make sure you have context. You want to make sure that you provide students with a, I would call a dual narrative point of view. I think that there's a lot of schools, both Jewish Day and non-Jewish Day, who do try to bring Israel and, and the Middle Eastern sort of subjects into their curriculum. And sometimes I've heard amazing stories, but sometimes I've also heard, quite frankly, disasters. And so this is where we get into the nuances of what exactly should we teach? At what age is appropriate to teach certain topics? And so, you know, one thing that I think we at AJC can do is really help school systems if they're interested in bringing in, whether it's a unit, a lesson, even just a conversation. Um, we can certainly help those educators frame the topic, give them guidance, give them resources. So it's certainly something we're capable of doing if, if anyone out there is interested in it. So in your AJC role now, you shared a couple of stories about just troubling stories of hearing from parents. Do you ever get involved when you hear these stories? Or, or is that your role? Is the focus more on empowering the students and the families to respond themselves? So as I'm AJC's first director of high school affairs, and it's certainly a question that we, we I grappled with early on, um, but the approach my colleagues and I take is certainly the latter, the idea that whether it's about students, families, or schools, we want to provide guidance, we want to provide resources, and ultimately support however we can. But we aren't going to be, you know, banging down doors of schools that are looking for, you know, we're, we're not looking for the spotlight, I should say. We want to be a resource, we want to be a partner, particularly with schools. We want to empower students as well to find their voice and offer schools help in shaping, again, as I mentioned earlier, a program or curriculum that's in the best interest of their needs and not ours as AJC. We want to, again, Partnership is our key, whether, again, students, parents, or families. We feel that if we can help guide them, that's the best um, situation that we can uh, offer. So how do you advise high school students to respond or, or kind of carry on when they encounter hurtful remarks, either in the hallways or on social media, as Abby encountered on YouTube? Yeah, I mean, look, every situation is different. Every situation requires, a, let's say, a different finesse, if you will, um, strategy. But, but ultimately, whatever the situation, we want students to feel confident in themselves and speak up for their values and what they feel is most important for their Jewish community. 
We have an amazing staff of educators with a vast portfolio of experience here at AJC. I can tell you firsthand, those colleagues of mine are willing in a heartbeat to jump on a call whenever a situation requires that expertise or guidance. I do deal with a lot of students, and I've heard, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of unfortunate stories. Also, I should add, a lot of positive stories. A few weeks ago, some colleagues and I were on a call with a student from New York City who needed advice on how to deal with an anti-Semitic situation that arose at her school, where the administration, again, to tie that back in, wasn't being very helpful, wasn't being very uh, communicative about how they can help her. And we try to advise and guide her in different ways that she could be proactive. So let's talk about some of those positive stories. I mean, have you heard anything in particular that makes you optimistic about the future of this generation? Absolutely. This past week ago, we had the uh, Susan and Bart Lewis Family Leaders for Tomorrow Advocacy Day program, where we had a little over 120 students from our Leaders for Tomorrow, or LFT, as Abby mentioned, come and attend in Washington, D.C. for a two and a half day program. And I got to tell you, at least from our Lyft students, I heard not just positive stories, but amazing articulate stories from kids who really feel that that program, along with just their overall experience in other areas that Abby mentioned earlier, feel incredibly confident to talk about when they are approached about something negative, how to turn it into a positive, um, how to advocate, not just on their behalf, but advocate upon the Jewish community. Again, whether it's Israel, whether it's about Jewish identity, these students really do feel that they have a voice in a way that they can, whether it's with elected leaders or with just their community at large, our goal at LFT, at LIFT, is really to give them that guidance. And again, this is March. They began in October. And I was just blown away by the articulation that kids were able to speak about themselves. Abby, you were part of that adventure. Can you share your biggest takeaway or your biggest kind of confidence builder from that day? As a huge extrovert, my definitely favorite part is meeting new people from all across the United States. I live in, as I stated, Georgia in way south. And so I don't really interact with people who are from everywhere else. So when the trip started, I had my group of, there's like four of us from Atlanta that sort of hung together. By the end, we had created a nice Jewish girls group chat with about six or seven of us from Boston, Chicago. We have some North Carolina. So it was really cool. And since then, we've been texting pretty much almost every day about our experiences since we've gotten back, you know, just remind each other of memories and stuff. So it's a bit of an odd one, but meeting new people, because in addition to that, while we were there, I was able to ask like the New York kids, for example, what their experiences with anti-Semitism are. I would have expected there to be not much anti-Semitism in the New York schools because there is such a majority of Jews. However, they made it sound like there was actually anti-Semitism within the schools, which I had not expected. And then they didn't expect the type of anti-Semitism that I was talking about. And so we both really benefited from this conversation. And we were both able to learn a lot about teen experiences, Jewish experiences, experiences of anti-Semitism across, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of miles. And so that was really interesting. And we've also been texting about Jewish stuff, too. I think I posted a picture on my Instagram story from my synagogue and somebody was like, oh, that's so cool. Chicago kids. They're from Chicago. They're amazing. Shout out to the Chicago kids. And so we were talking about that and how it related to Judaism. And it was it was really cool. But overall, my biggest takeaway was like taking away everybody's phone numbers and maintaining that communication. But yeah, the weekend was amazing. It was probably in my top three favorite trips I've done like ever, ever. It was amazing. 
That's wonderful. And I, I got to say that a nice Jewish girl's chat is not odd at all. <laughs> not at all. It sounds, I, I want a nice Jewish girl's chat. It's, it's really, it's all about community and having a support network. And so I think that's, that's a wonderful takeaway. Well, Erin, Abby, thank you both for joining us. I'm glad that that trip was such a rewarding experience for both of you. And we look forward to hearing more from you, Abby. Thank you. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to tune in for my conversation with two senior European officials from the European Union and Germany after they joined AJC at the White House to discuss national strategies to combat anti-Semitism. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by AJC. Our producer is Atara Lakritz. Our sound engineer is TK Broderick. You can subscribe to People of the Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or learn more at ajc.org slash peopleofthepod. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the positions of AJC. We'd love to hear your views and opinions or your questions. You can reach us at peopleofthepod at ajc.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to tell your friends, tag us on social media with hashtag peopleofthepod, and hop on to Apple Podcasts to rate us and write a review to help more listeners find us. Tune in next week for another episode of People of the Pod.